I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Hebrews chapter number one. Hebrews chapter number one. Last time we gave an introduction to this awesome book, the book of Hebrews. And we are now going to start out and start our way through with the first four verses. These first four verses form one sentence in the English and in the Greek. And they are separated by clauses that have wonderful truths and things that we need to get hold of. The Bible says in verses 1 to 4, God, I love that, starts right off with him. We saw that within the beginning God created. In the beginning was the word. But here, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now, verse 4 transcends into the first uh, of the topics of he's better, he's better, he's better, he's superior, far above. But it ends the sentence of who God wanted us to know, how he spoke and he speaks and he spoke through his son. And he gives us, and then he talks about the wonderful things of God. We'll talk, uh, talk about that in just a second. Let's start off with the fact, number one, that God spoke. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time past. Okay, the word there, spake, is in the aorist tense. So it gives no particular to time. It's just there was a point in time when God spoke. Well, let's start and think about this. There was a time when God spoke and there was nobody listening as far as man goes. God spoke, said, let there be light. He turned the lights on first, not the sun, the moon, and the stars. They reflect light that have light that God has given them. We're talking about the light that lights the world, the light of God. He said he, he knew this was a dark world. For chapter 1, verse 2 of Genesis makes it clear it was dark and void and full of nothingness. And God spoke. You can't have a man if you don't have the light. He's got to have the light to get to the light. And I'm glad God turned on the light. 
Thank God for that. And then he spoke the six days of creation. And then he said on that sixth day, in this creating, let us make man in our image. And then in chapter 2, he kind of expounds on that creation and says, it's not good for man to be alone. And he took the man and put him to sleep and took his rib and made woman. And then from there on, we go up through when Eve makes her choice and Adam takes and the world is plunged into sin. Then what does God do? He had been speaking with Adam in the cool of the day of the garden. Now he's expelled out of the garden. What happens? He brings them coats of skins and he shows them his salvation. And we find ourselves into the book now of Genesis and we see that God spoke to a man by the name of Abraham. God spoke to his heart and said, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred unto a land that I will show thee. God came directly to Adam. He came and walked in the cool of the day. But now God speaks to Abraham. And when God speaks to Abraham, he basically says, You're in a pagan place. You, they, he wasn't a Jew at that point. He was in that pagan place, living that pagan lifestyle. He said, you get up and you move out. And he gave him the Abrahamic covenant. I'll bless those that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. And he said it again in chapter 15 and 17. And on and on it goes as he gives the promise that he will do that. God spoke to Abraham. And we will go forward. And he spoke to Isaac. And he spoke to Jacob there in wrestling. And there's, oh, I'm missing people in between. I, I know that. I'm just trying to show you that he spoke right to these people. But you will also find that many times God spoke to people. Like uh, in Moses' day, he spoke through a burning bush. It just it burned and it was not consumed. And before he spoke out loud, he got his attention. See, God wants our attention. He wants us to, to, to listen to him. He wants us to hear him. He wants us to know him, and he wants us to understand who he is. Think about this. Over the book of Psalms 81, in verse number 8, down to verse number, uh, I believe it's 11 or so, it goes like this. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee. O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. He said, I want you to hear. I want you to listen to what I have to say. The idea of the word hear is to listen to obey. He said, I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. Same word. That inclining in to get it so that you can be obedient. He said, now listen to me. There shall be no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Now listen, listen to verse 13. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me. Oh, that they would have obeyed and listened and said, I'm doing it. And Israel had walked in my ways, my journey of life. I should have soon uh, subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him. 
but their time should not but their time should have endured forever he should have fed them he should have fed them he should have fed them mm. also with the finest of wheat and with the honey out of the rock should i have satisfied thee listen he said i would have taken care of you you saw what i was doing but you wouldn't listen oh that you would have listened i'd have taken care of your enemies I'd have turned my hand against your adversaries. The haters of the Lord, they would have submitted themselves unto him. They would have just done it. And their time would have endured forever. And it just would have been fine. But it didn't go that way. You didn't listen. You didn't do it. You didn't pay attention. God speaks. Let's just fast forward and look at Joseph. Joseph had dreams. We know that Daniel had some dreams. And God spoke through those dreams. God spoke in the Old Testament differently. God spoke in different ways, in mighty ways, through uh, right to the man, through the spirit of the man, which we now have the Holy Spirit living within us. But we'll get to that when we get to the New Testament. And then you will find that the prophets, and through the, it says, thus saith the Lord. That is a major phrase throughout the prophets. Thus saith the Lord. Here's another phrase. Now the word of the Lord came unto what are the prophets saying? Go and. So he spoke through uh, his word to the prophets. He spoke through his written words. He gave Moses the ability to write the first five books of the Bible. We call them the Pentateuch. We saw that he, in that Pentateuch, wrote many wonderful things down about the creation and God and all this, but he also wrote the Ten Commandments that we base our laws on in this land that we are in. Uh, he spoke through all kinds of interesting ways. For instance, he spoke through a donkey. Think about that. He spoke through a donkey when uh, Balaam decided he was going to go. God said, look, you keep pestering me to go. I keep telling you no. And when he came back the second time, God said, go. But you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. And and Balaam, the actual words are, Balaam was, uh, I'm trying to think how exactly, Balaam was something about it. Glad that God said he could go. I got the words mixed up. But here it is. He was thrilled that he should go. But here, I do know what the Bible says. He got up and went, the Bible says, and God was angry because he went. God didn't give him permission to go through his perfect will. He said, it's on your heart and mind to go. Go. But I'm not going to let you do what you want to do. You want to sidestep my will? I'll show you what happens when you sidestep my will. And on the way, he smote that donkey three times, and the donkey finally spoke to him because God opened his mouth, and God gave him a word from the donkey. He got a sermon from the donkey. He will speak to us through circumstances. There are times you'll start looking at things. And to be real honest, folks, when I was looking uh, at leaving uh, Faith Baptist Church because of the cancer, uh, I had come to the place where I was not going to the hospitals. When I, In the early stages of it, when I would go to visit people in the hospital, I would end up in it every single time. And so I decided I, would, I can't do that. I, I, there's too many things that can get to me in my weakened condition. And I, and I started praying, and I said, Lord, if you would just send me a man that will keep this work running and keep it with the old-time way, walking the old paths, and keeping the old King James Bible, and Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and risen again, and put Christ and exalt him high, and will let God be the ruler of the church, and they'll be the under-shepherd, and keep the music right. And just Man, I started praying, 
and I had a lot of folks come through and and uh, you know they wanted to preach but uh, I never found one that I thought wanted to work the ministry and so uh, I had one in mind I really I thought he was it I really in my heart said that's the one but they uh, believed God was calling them somewhere else and they took off to go look at some of these other places and uh, I remember I made this comment to the church many many times the survival of this church is more important than me and when I can no longer help the church then it's time to go the men of the church stay 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 we can help you we can we can help you we will we'll be there with you stay and I just I struggled with that and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and my friend it got to the place where I didn't know quite what to do and one day something very unusual happened as only God can do my organist gave me a book to read that she had picked up when she was out at a place where they were selling uh, uh, books and things from a family yard sale and it's called prayers and promises when facing a life-threatening illness and what she said to me was he says the same things you say pastor and so uh, I had been very open with uh, the church I had told him you know that uh, how I was trying to deal with it and my thought process from it and I told him when I'd had the bad days and the hard days and and the things that I was thinking and uh, it's I, I got this book and I just couldn't put it down I just kept reading it but I have to admit to you I turned the page to uh, the table of contents and the first thing I saw it was uh, day seven and this is what it was titled knowing when it's time to leave the ministry knowing when it's time to leave the ministry I read this and folks I, I kept saying that's me that's me that's me that's me listen to this by the way uh, in the very beginning the introduction to this book he says hello my name is Ed and I have uh, the Lou Gehrig's disease ALS he said funny I would have thought saying that I would have caused me to have the greatest prayer life in all the world but I found it to be the exact opposite. I found it hard to pray. I found it the same way. In the very beginning, that diagnosis is one that the rug comes out from underneath you. And in my case, they had ruled it out because I was asymptomatic in June, but I was nobody could help me. I was still hurting. I was still going through problems. My bones were breaking. But in August, something else showed up on the x-ray just two months later that confirmed it. And then they did a bunch of tests, and the oncologist told me, when we get done, with these tests, we'll probably find that we're dealing with multiple myeloma. But here's what he said. For the last 19 years, I have been the senior pastor of Calvary Baptist Church. I have loved every minute of my ministry in Michigan. I love to preach. I do too. I love to lead. I do too. I love to evangelize. I love seeing people come to Christ. I love to meet with people. I love to visit the hospitals. I love to do funerals and weddings. I love committee and board meetings. This is what I was called to do, and this is what I love doing. While I've experienced challenges, difficulties, and failures, I still cannot think of doing anything else other than pastoring, and I cannot think of another place that I would rather do it than at Calvary Church here in Michigan. What I'm trying to tell you is I love being a pastor. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Resigning from the church was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. It took me several years to get up the courage to do it. It took me several years to, to God to put the pieces in order. 
They allowed me to adjust my schedule and to reduce the number of times I preached each week. They helped re reorganize the church so I would not be responsible for all the administrative and day-to-day -day ministries. But I soon realized that even though my schedule had been adjusted and my workload had been reduced, I could no longer fulfill the, the duties of being a senior pastor. So I had to face the reality that the church needed someone else to be the senior pastor. So he indebted to the head of the AL, uh, he said he was indebted to the head of the ALS clinic at the University of Michigan for advice that the best thing I could do for my disease was to step away from my responsibilities. And they were saying, look, we did all this for you. And he said, yeah, but I want to do them. I want to do them. When that came in, it was 2018. And I'm taking a little time with this, I know, but I wanted you to get the gist of God can use your circumstances. And I got a call in the early part of February from the young man and his wife that I wanted, that I wanted him to be the, the next pastor, saying that uh, they were going to come down and help me, that they didn't feel any of those were the open doors, and they were willing to come down. He had already got a job uh, with a lawn mowing company there in the Ocala area, and they moved back, and they moved back towards the end of February. He had gone to Crown College where he graduated, and so they lived in Tennessee. And they were moving back to Florida, and the week that they were coming, they were going to arrive on a Friday. I started on Monday getting very sick, and I started running a fever. And then I had no choice. I was had to go to the Christian school where my son was a member of. There was a situation, and I had to go, and I picked up a flu bug on top of the pneumonia I already had. Then on Friday, they moved down. I told my wife, tell him to be ready to preach Sunday, all services. I will not be able to do it. On Sunday morning at about 7 o'clock, I told my wife, get me to the hospital while I can still go out to the one I want to go to. The ambulance won't take me there. And I had a kidney shutdown that was in progress. I had pneumonia, and I had influenza A. To make a long story short, this kid rolled up his sleeves and pitched in and just worked. He worked. He didn't just preach. He worked. And I knew I found one. And I remember looking at the, uh, the uh, financial statements. And I set down a budget for a new pastor that was just young and setting up with the Parsons and all. And I, and I asked him, I said, can you live on this with your wife cleaning the church? Can you live on this? And they said, oh, my goodness, it's more than we've ever made. We won't know what to do. But it balanced the budget. And that was in April. We voted him in as the assistant. And then we voted him in as the pastor. Unanimously, he was so endearing to people. And through my circumstances of all these things, I told the church, you need to get a balanced budget. This will not get it. This will. My changing. God's brought you a man. I need to step out. I got a better doctor. I need to go. We did it on homecoming day. Had Brother Robert Jones come down, preach it. Brother Doug Ramage sang for me. And we had a big blowout service with uh, last hurrah, saying goodbyes, and dinner on the grounds. And then we got in the car and went part way. On the next day, we moved up back to North Carolina. God speaks through your circumstances. He spoke in the Old Testament through angels. He spoke in the New Testament through angels. They came to Zacharias and came to Mary. And they were there at the grave. So 
we know that. We also know that God speaks through his Holy Spirit, and since our Holy Spirit is in us, we know that he speaks that way even today, and we're grateful for that. So thank God for the way that he speaks. God spake. Yes, he did. He spake. But today, the way he speaks the most is through the word of God by the guidance and teaching of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He said, God, who at sundry times, in different times, various times, he gave us what he needed. He spoke unto the fathers by the prophets. But he hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. And we're going to deal with that later. Right now, I want to deal with the fact that he spoke by his son. Now, here, the book of Hebrews is written early on in the church. And these people had heard Christ speak. And what we know is we have a gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that give us red letters, if you have a red letter Bible, that let us see how much God spoke through Jesus Christ. And I am grateful that because of the cross of Christ, I being saved am able to enjoy the word of God. He hath spoke in the time past. He spake at that point in time. But now, but now hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Now, the word hath spoken is also in the aorist tense, active voice. And it's used of God speaking not only by the prophets, but by his speaking in Christ. So we still have the Old Testament that is still very much who we're, what we're to do. In fact, the New Testament gives credence that we are to look at those things because they were given for our example. They were given for our example. What we have today, my friend, is God speaking is we now have the entire Word of God. We have everything we need. But even in the Old Testament, they had the books of Moses because the Lord said to Joshua, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not, uh, you shall not turn from the right hand or to the left hand that the Lord may prosper you whithersoever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us into that truth and to teach us that truth, to convict us when we go astray, to convict us if we think wrong, to convict us if we're wanting to do something or act on something teach something, preach something, testify something, he can say, whoa, 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 whoa. And that's not right. That's not the way it goes. So we need to make sure that we are listening and being quiet to the fact that, that we need to hear from the Holy Spirit. When we have our quiet time, and I love that term. I was taught that from the time I first got saved. Your quiet time. I need to be quiet, be still, and know he is God. I have to be able to do that. We need the Word of God. And it's funny because one of the things that's in the book of Hebrews is a, one of the most concise, incredible verses on the Word of God that I think you will ever read. And it's over in chapter number 4 and verse number 12 where the Bible says, For the Word of God is quick. That means alive. And it's powerful. It comes from the word energes. 
which we get our word effectual energy, the operating power, the ergon, the energy from which it spins that gives us the effectualness of it. The word of God is not just powerful in its energy, it's powerful in its effectiveness and its efficiency. Amen. Amen. It gives us everything we need. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can do what a doctor cannot do, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, we're going to deal with that in its entirety because that's in that parenthetical passage of the exhortation of drifting uh, and doubting and defying the word of God and all that. We will get to that. But here we see that God, who at different times in various manners and ways spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. When his son spoke, he talked about his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. He talked about the things that were coming. And this in these last days, he's talking about now in the church age. Because when we get to Acts chapter number 2, while they're waiting for Pentecost to come, and Pentecost comes in Acts chapter number 2, uh, when it, things start happening, there is something that is said that's very important. And what is said is the fact that they are witnessing what the prophet wrote, the prophet Joel wrote. So we must make sure that we understand that he was fulfilling Scripture. And it says that the Scriptures may be fulfilled. All through the Gospels it says this. But when they were looking at what happened, because they all heard him in their own language, I mean, they're out about... The Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 1, and they, Acts chapter 2, they were taking uh, the things that shook the house and the cloven images and all those things, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak, and people said, wait a minute, we're hearing them in our own language. And Peter stood up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and said to them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, by this know, be known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and upon your sons and daughters and shall, prosper, shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your young old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaids, I will pour out in those days my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven. But when that Bible came to fruition... When that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part did away. These special ways that God spoke went away when that which is perfect has come. We've dealt with that in the teaching time of truth moments before. But let me just kind of tell you here in the short amount of time we have left in this broadcast that Paul said that which is in part. It's not in the masculine or we might say uh, it was the Lord uh, or it was the Holy Spirit. Or something to that effect. But what we find is it's neutered. So it is, a, it is a thing. It is the Bible. When the complete word of God was to come. Then that which is perfect is come. That which is partial will be done away. And all of those things would be done away. We didn't quite get through all this. Because we still got to get through what it talks about. How great God is. But he spoke and he speaks. And my friend are you letting him speak to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, may we let you speak and hear you talk and be taught, convicted, 
and convinced to do what we're supposed to do. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have an awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.